A controversial true crime writer finds a box of Super 8 home movies in his new home, revealing the murder case he is currently researching could be the work of an unknown serial killer whose legacy dates back to the 1960s. This episode of Chamber of Chills might just have you seeing Mr. Boogie in your bushes. Find out more as we dissect our number 38 top horror films of all time, Sinister. New details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. Bagul actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. What's the matter? What's happened? Get the kids, pack the car. We have to leave here now. Welcome to another episode of Chamber of Chills. This is our 14th episode, I think. Yeah. I'm a- I'm Adam. I'm I'm Cameron. <laughs> and this is Chamber of Chills. Chamber of Chills. Okay. Starting off with a bang. With a bang. Boom. All right. Film details. I'm just going to jump in. This mm-hmm. R-rated horror movie. Uh, that's a mystery and thriller also. I'm just butchering this all together. <laughs> Please bear with me. <laughs> Uh, was released in 2012 when the world was supposedly mm. gonna end. Oh, that was crazy! Remember, I that? forgot about that. Yeah. I really thought it was happening too. You know, I was on the fence. <laughs> and the movie was coming out. The movie like, they would only they would only make a movie if it was gonna happen. Yeah, so it's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, hey, we're 12 years here. later, still here, <laughs> still kicking. Uh, this was directed by Scott Derrickson. You might also know him from his other films, The Black Phone, 2021. The Exorcism of Emily Rose in 2005, and his other horror, uh, Doctor Strange 2016. Wait, what? <laughs> That's so random. This is an interesting filmography. That's crazy, though, because... Okay, we'll get into that later. I, that just kicked off a new thought, but... Doctor Strange is such a big film for him. Yeah, that's a random one to throw in there. It's kind of like Sam Raimi doing that yeah. other strange film, but he's also done horror. Yeah. So that's interesting. I know. Hmm, huh. More I know. Uh, It was written by Scott Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill. The star cast members, as we all know, Mr. Ethan Hawke played Mm -hmm. Ellison. Uh, Juliet Rylance played Tracy and James Ransone or Ransoni played Deputy So-and-so. Love that guy. Yeah. He was also in the black phone. That's the thought I was just thinking. Wait, really? Because I was like, if it's the same director, he used Ethan Hawke and that guy. I Again, forgot about that. But his character, he's like the brother. I don't remember yeah. what he played in The Black Phone. But. That guy is also in Sinister 2. Is he really? Yeah, which is one of the most critically acclaimed films. Of <laughs> I, I was going to say, I saw it once. I don't remember a single thing about oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. 
um, awards and nominations it received. I just picked from Fright Meter, you know, okay. classic. Classic. Which we need to submit to Fright Meter at some point. Oh, that would be kind of fun. We should. Anyway, nominations. It was nominated for Best Horror Movie, Best Actor for Ethan Hawke, Best Makeup, and Best Editing, but it did win Best Score. Wow. Christopher Young. All right. Who composed it, so. Good for them. Yeah, good for you, Chris. We love a good score. Yeah. Ratings it received. IMDb, 6.8 out of 10. 275,000 ratings. Rotten Tomatoes, 63%. And Letterboxd, 3.3 out of 5. All right. So, you know, staying around that 6 range. Yeah, fairly average. Yeah. The budget for the film was $3 million, which today is $4 million. Oh, all right. Uh, 12 years later, you know? Yep. And the global box office, it was a success, $87.7 million. And today that's $117.2 million. With a $3 million budget, that's pretty wild. That is kind of crazy. Hey, that's why they talk about horror films are the best ones to do. Cash cow. Yeah. And then how long filming took, couldn't really find it, but it began filming in autumn of 2011, so I'm assuming a month or two since it came out the following year. All right. That's it for the film details. Well, thank you, Adam. Of course. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Bloody hell, Cam. <laughs> film summary. Um, all right. I will tell you guys what this film is about. Let's for those freaking go. who uh, don't care to watch it or don't really remember if they spoiler have Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you everything. So <laughs> let's do this. The film follows true crime writer Ellison Oswald, as Adam just said, played by Ethan Hawke, as he moves his family into a new home to research his latest book. However, unbeknownst to his family, the house was the scene of a gruesome murder, where four people were hung from the tree in the backyard. <gasps> Additionally, after they moved in, Ellison discovers a box of old home movies in the attic. As he watches the footage, Ellison realizes that each film depicts the murder of different families, and he soon realizes a chilling pattern. The youngest child of each family is the one committing the killings. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes. The disturbing films combined with a series of supernatural occurrences lead Ellison to uncover a malevolent entity known as Bagul, who consumes the souls of children and possesses a connection to the murders. As the haunting intensifies, Ellison becomes increasingly obsessed with solving the mystery, even as his own family becomes ensnared in the supernatural forces at play. That felt like a mouthful, even though it wasn't. I just can't read. <laughs> In the end, it is revealed that Ellison himself has unwittingly become an instrument of Bagul as he unknowingly exposed his own family to the malevolent force. The film concludes with a shocking and disturbing climax where his youngest daughter, Ashley, becomes a vessel for Bagul, leading to a disturbing climax where she murders her entire family, including Ellison, with an axe. Bum, 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 bum. So yeah, Bagul's not a nice guy. No. He eats kids. Yeah. Which, big no-no. Big no-no around you here. You don't do that. You don't do that. <laughs> so that, uh, that pretty much breaks down the film. That was a great breakdown. Speaking of breakdowns. Oh. I heard there's a ballroom. Oh, is there a ballroom? <laughs> Shall we waltz? Waltz to the breakdown ballroom. Woo. Uh, we're just going to go through what classifies a good horror film, starting with our favorite scenes. Let's freaking do it. Kick us off. Dad okay. Em. I got you. Dameron. Dameron. <laughs> it's not as cool as Dad. But... Hey, you know, at least you have Cammy. Yeah, that's true. And Cam. Cammy Cam. Uh, first scene, I know, classic. Ugh. The film just starts with the hanging of the other family on the Super 8 film. So I remember seeing that scene 
like for the first time and being like, oh, wow, okay, we're just going for it. Yeah. And it's the first scene that, I mean, is it just is so captivating. And yes. so I thought that that was a great move. It's dreadful. And yeah. it really, yeah, it sets that tone really well. I even wrote in my notes when we were watching it, the opening shot being four people hanging from a tree is a power move. Because <laughs> totally that was really move. just like, wow, we're doing this. Like, Yeah, which just a different, just immediately different than a lot of other horror movies I've seen. Because yeah, usually it's like a full scene. You're just watching yeah. a family of four get hung right yeah. off the bat. And because it's that, like found footage look with the grain and it's it's really creepy sound design it doesn't make you feel great and you're like wow if this is how it's starting what is going to happen yeah for the next hour and 39 minutes yeah so yeah yeah totally i put the exact same thing i just thought it was a really great start to the film it just thrusts you into it and uh yeah the train is leaving (laughs) the train of dread yeah it is is taking off yeah what was your one next um my next one which here's what I will say about this film before we continue. What was interesting to me, and I forgot what other movie we said this about, but it was almost like there weren't as many scenes. Like we were just like following oh, yeah. a plot. It was the lighthouse. <laughs> the last. Oh my one. gosh! <laughs> so uh, last week, yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> no, but I I was thinking I was like there weren't really a lot. Like there were moments. Yeah. But like there aren't as many. It's just kind of this like linear story that yep. we're following totally but, so that said i don't have as many like scenes but i said the found footage as a whole i said the same um thing. i can specify on like certain ones but i just think those scenes just um, employing that like documentary style approach yeah was so interesting because it really made it feel i guess it just brought like this realism to it the elevated film. it yeah sure. and it's like yeah. oh my gosh i'm like watching some like found footage you know like <laughs> Because there, there's found footage, and then this one looks like found. Like, this was like some dark, deep yes. web found footage. Well, it was like you, you're watching something that you feel like you shouldn't be seeing. Yeah. It's very unnerving. And the music, too, behind them oh, is so man. creepy. I wrote down the, the titles of the tapes. Yes, I love those. Because um, they're so innocent. But yeah. They could no. be taken totally So, the first one, Hanging Out. The second one, Barbecue. The third one, Pool Party. The fourth one, Sleepy Time. And the fifth one, Lawn Work. That scene, dear lord. Lawn work is so disturbing. Yes. I hate it so much. In my head, it's the best jump scare of the whole film. Oh, yeah. I was actually, I'm glad you brought that up because jump scares, I've gotten to the point where they like annoy me sometimes. Same. But that one didn't. It's cliche, but yeah. That one didn't for some reason. I can't say why. It was just executed really well. And it did get me, even though I remember it happening. It just like comes out of the blue and... It's so creepy. You're just not expecting it. No. Because the only jump part about it is the music. Yeah. Because it plays through the scene and then it cuts to Ethan Hawke's reaction. Gosh, it's terrible. Basically, this little, because obviously the kids are recording their families. She like records her family from like the front yard. They're like Mm -hmm. sitting in the living room. So it's like through the window and it's like all very just normal and innocent. And then it cuts to like her pushing a lawnmower. It's like from her point of view. And it's at night and it's raining and you only yeah. see this like flashlight on the mo- lawnmower. There's so you tiny, don't see anything yeah, else. A narrow beam of light guiding in front of the lawnmower. Yep. And so you're like, oh, this is weird. And then out of nowhere, it's like, is it the dad or the mom? Is like, I think it's the mom just laying there. Laying the there about to get run over by the lawnmower. Yeah. And the, like the music spikes and it's like so jarring. And yeah. It's great. And that's when Ellison starts like chugging from yeah. his liquor bottles. So. I hate it and love it at the same time. Oh, I know. But yeah, that one got me again. Yeah, I totally agree. 
What was your next one? So really jumping here. Yeah. I just said the finale, the climax. Ooh, okay. Because they've left and it's the classic, you know, we got out of the haunted house. Everything's good now. Yep. And it's not. <laughs> and I just, I, you know, I'm a sucker yep. for it. If they could do it in the right ways, I think they did. They move into this nice, beautiful house. It's very happy. And then, yeah, you know, I totally agree. Takes a super dark turn. And then all of a sudden he realized he's been drugged. And then his daughter's there with an axe. And, and you're like, no. Yeah. So I really just enjoyed that whole, it, it just like, I think because the whole film is just slowly kind of adding this yeah. tension layer by layer. And then by the end, it just culminates and you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to be a part of this horrific narrative. Yeah. And it's, I just thought it was really, which is funny because when I first saw it, I was like, I remember being annoyed because I was like, no, like I want him to live. Yeah. But, you That's know, the, you know, I like a good jarring ending. Yeah. I thought it was pretty jarring. I so. agree. I think films that piss you off at the end. Yeah. You, I mean, usually evoke a lot more conversation. For sure. Just jumping back a little bit. I put a few like instances, not necessarily scenes, but right. like I really, I remember the first time watching his discovery of Mr. Boogie in the pool party video. Oh, yeah. First time seeing the demon and you're like, whoa, what Who the- Who's that guy? Yeah. Yeah. In the water and he's like, wait, what? Yep. Then zooming in on Mr. Boogie in the barbecue video, like in the back. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really great. And then I caught it this time. Or n- no, actually, this is obvious after you watch it. Um, foreshadowing his daughter bringing him coffee and how she is the one who poisons him eventually. Yeah. And then seeing Bagul in the bushes, that jump scare was, it was yep. cliche, but it was fun. And then the I even liked the big argument scene. Oh my gosh. Like, yes. In my opinion, it's the best writing and acting of the whole film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes the film feel more like a drama about losing yourself and your passions above, above what really matters, like family. Yeah, totally. So it just feels very drama heavy in that moment. Yeah. I actually, I never noticed that. And then this time around, I was like, this is really good. Like the acting is great. The writing is great. Like you just really feel yeah. the tension there. That yeah. was a great scene. Um, and definitely the mom's best acting in that scene. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but moving along into concept. 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 I just thought, I mean, it's not anything revolutionary. Yeah. However, I think it stands out because it's executed really well. Yeah. And so by that, I think there are so many familiar horror elements, like there's the haunted house and then like the dark entity, creepy kids, mm-hmm. all that jazz. But then they intertwine things like the lore of Bagul and the found footage. And it just like kind of wrapped it up in a different package. Yeah. And I think they executed it pretty well. But because like on paper, it just seems like any other horror film. But then they kind of added things that gave it a little, I a little totally, spice. I totally agree uh, with literally everything you just said. Oh, um, no. <laughs> no, I I also added on top of that too, like a struggling author writing a book for money while he's trying to convince the public it's it's for justice. I thought it was just yeah. another, you know, you'd want to call it right. <laughs> I, don't know what I'm calling. I don't know what to say right now. Um, no, it was another element of the film that yes. I thought was really great. Uh, and then a, a demon attaching itself to the youngest child to kill the rest of the family so it could join the demon. Just yeah, an interesting spin on you know for sure children horror. I liked the complexity of how it all pans out too. How you, yeah, in order for you to be in the timeline, you have to move, yeah, and that's not realized until well, later. Yeah, for sure. And the concept too of, like you said, 
Ethan Hawke's character. Like he was once, he wrote this book back in the day, Kentucky, Kentucky blood, Kentucky blood. It was like a hit. They made a bunch of money. He like interviewed with people. And in this interview, he talks about how like that, or they asked him, would you rather, you know, like have fame and wealth or would you rather, you know, see your book, number one, New York times bestseller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was like, he basically said something about how money and fame is not important to him. But then fast forward like 10 years when they're kind of low on their budget. And he's like now having this moral dilemma of like, oh shoot, I do have all this evidence in my office that I could hand over to the police, but like, would it help him write a really good book? I thought that was a fun angle. Totally. Very moral dilemma for him. Yeah. Totes. Director's touch. Spice. I think he did a good job. Yeah. That's not to say there weren't like a few creative decisions that I might have altered a little bit, but I think he really did a good job at creating like really eerie spaces. And I say that thinking mostly of the found footage Mm because it just feels so like tight and like dark and creepy, but I was just unsettled and the job, I thought he did like a good job with the plot as we just talked about. So yeah, I agree. Good job. Nothing incredibly unique, including a few jump scare cliches, but I still thought, like you said, that they were executed well as far as like horror cliches go. And I I think you could have easily botched this concept if it wasn't directed well. So I think he deserves yeah. some, you know, good credit. There were only a few things that I thought could have been executed a lot better, but it's all subjective. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, mind in the the change chamber. I know, I know. Acting. Acting. I think Ethan Hawk kind of killed it. Dude, he's like the only one who killed yeah, it. He's, he's kind of like a slam dunk. Yeah. Especially again, the struggle with morality. I feel like you really saw his desperation and and that argument. He was really good. I just thought he was good in all of it. Yeah, and he's just obviously the only A list actor out of yeah. this whole group. And it's very obvious on you can screen. Tell. <laughs> um you can tell. Wasn't it? We talked about this in a different film, but something about like he didn't originally want to do a horror film, but this mm. one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What was that? There I don't was, remember. yeah, there was some like BTS on that. I can't remember. He, he either saw somebody else do it or saw yeah. a film that he was like, I want to be in a horror film. And now he's been in a few. Yeah. So I don't good know. for him. Yeah. Good for Ethan. I put a few weirdly delivered lines by the chief of police and mom. <sighs> That felt overdramatic. I agree. Maybe screenwriting, but yeah. Ethan crushed his lines, so maybe so not. <laughs> it's hard to point at the I screenwriting know. when, yeah. I, I noticed the exact same thing. I was like, some of these these characters aren't really landing very like, well. There's but. one line where the, which we're going into screenplay now, but oh, it's yeah. next. But like, there's one line. <laughs> and the chief pleads, this is right at the beginning. He's like, well, what do you know? You could still get things right around here. And I'm yeah. like, what is that it writing was, like, it was really random. what is this yeah but what do you know who what says you know? that <laughs> who says that ever um screenplay screenplay yeah i thought it was it was good enough i mean it was like realistic like 85 percent of the time yeah i would say so there's like that mystery and suspense yeah um and that internal battle that i've touched on like 20 times now. yes so i thought that was good but yeah like you said some of the lines it's hard to tell We've like struggled with this in other episodes. Like, is it acting or is it the screenplay? We don't know. Uh, but I mean, the never-ending debate. The never-ending debate. But I thought it was. I mean, for a horror film, it was good enough. Yeah. So when you say eighty-five percent is realistic, what parts made you like? Ah, <laughs> well, I don't definitely know. that. And then 
the it's you know definitely anything the chief police said maybe it was yeah. just him. But then the mom, there are a few parts that I was like, she's like, your son is acting out again. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Did she have an accent? Yes. She okay. I didn't she's honestly like notice until like an hour into the film, and are she you said serious? something. I was like, wait, I think she has an accent. <laughs> And then, yeah, I just <laughs> kind of forgot about it. That's but, funny. Yeah. No, yeah, she, uh, you know, she. I wonder yeah. if she's been in, I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. Well, she plays Doctor Strange. Oh, shoot. That's where I've seen her. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got so much better. Um, yeah, she gets mistaken for Benedict Cumberbatch all the time. <laughs> all the time. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I've never seen her in anything else. Yeah, I don't she's think I have a either. British actor or something. Yeah. Skull. Skull. Well, obviously. It's pretty good. Dude, I freaking It's love, really good. I Don't you have a story, or am I making this up, where you were at a sleepover? Yes. And you, like, woke <laughs> up? Tell this story, because okay. I think it's crazy. Yes. I Okay, so, well, first I'll get my notes, and it leads into the story. Ah, so, okay, okay. The somewhat dubstep repetitive pulsing mixed with almost ritualistic singing was, like, so eerie. It's very I'll creepy. play some in the background so that people okay. can hear it. It's pretty weird. Honestly, potentially one of the most memorable parts of the film for me, but only because of my wild introduction to this film. Oh, gosh. Which I'll explain my story. Okay. Buckle up. So I go to a friend's, a buddy's house for the sleepover, right? And I'm like, I don't know, a sophomore in high school. Yeah. So I'm like 15 years old. I'm not young at this point, you know, but but I'm not old, old. You know what I mean? My frontal lobe's still developing, right? <laughs> so I go to this party. It's not even a party. It's just a bunch of dudes hanging out. Yeah, a total rager. Just a total rager. Played sinister. <laughs> <laughs> On the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Um, and we go upstairs and we're all just like hanging out watching this movie and everyone it's like 2 a.m everyone goes to sleep and I, it's at my buddy andrew's house and it's me and another dude logan and we're, we're the only two still up and he goes all right dude i think i'm gonna go to sleep and i was like no worries i'm gonna keep watching it because i've never seen it before so i keep watching it i'm the only one awake right it's like 3 a.m at this point oh gosh it gets to the lawnmower scene right and i'm just like you know i think i'm gonna finish this tomorrow yeah so i turn off the you know i pause the movie i turn off the tv and I go to sleep, but your boy didn't realize it was back in the day, you know, whenever you had to, it was one of those TVs you had to turn off both the sound and the TV. Oh my gosh. And so I turned off the TV. Yeah. But the sound apparently after a certain amount of time goes back to the main menu. So it started playing that music. To oh like, my bong, gosh. Bong, bong, <laughs> you know what I mean? And for some reason, this is the Lord just testing me. Yeah. I wake up and I'm the only one who wakes up and hears this music. It's like dark. And it's <laughs> just- pitch black. Everyone else is asleep. And I'm like, it's I'm like about ritualistic to see. I'm about to see Bagul. For sure. Like Bagul <laughs> is about to pop up in one of these windows. Dude. So that would I, freak me out though if nobody else woke up. No, dude, I was like, like, oh my gosh, am I just my head? hearing this? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like looking around, frozen in fear for like five minutes. Finally, I, I look at the TV and like squint and I see that it's ticking up to like 20 seconds and it goes back to zero. So it's like, it's on the main menu right now. It's playing freaking Ugh. music. So I was, turned it off and I got off the couch and I cuddled with Andrew. So it was all good. Love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andrew's I remember big buff that on. story. And it's so, that would just be like, Something that sticks with you forever. 
Oh yeah, I because that music is so creepy. So like hearing that when you're younger, it's dark. You know, no one else wakes oh up. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, I so, feel like that song is gonna live with you forever. There's also this one track on the score um, that <laughs> this is so stupid, but it's called like Levitation or something like that. Oh, okay, and it's not actually in the film, but really? I. Me and some buddies in college, we used to do this stupid thing where we'd like creep ourselves out and like go drive our own back roads and like play that song on like what? full blast. <laughs> that, honestly, I get it. You know what's you fu- know? what's funny is Nick, the guy who comments on yeah. films, like he was a part of that. And so oh, we'd like great. play that song. Wait, was like, this that college or high school? College, yeah. college, yeah. That's kind of fun though. It I love like being, you know, creeped out. I still love being creeped out. Yeah. My first, wife hates it, but Oh, I know. I was literally about to say the first time I showed Marin that song, she was like, Don't ever show me this garbage again, please. Jeez. I was like, okay, no, <laughs> yeah, it sorry. sounds about right. Yeah. I don't know. Hits different. Hits different. Cinematography. Cinematography. I think it has some unique what's the word? I guess I'll just say it has like a unique beauty if you look for it. But it's like nothing too like crazy. Kind of yeah. like the concept. Like they, I think executed certain scenes well. Again, the found footage looks really cool. But like something like out yeah. of this world. There are no shots that are like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, like it wasn't very gorgeous. technical. Yeah, the lighting was probably my favorite part of the yeah. cinematography. So dark and like dim lit, especially yes. the use of the Super Eight as another source of light. I thought yeah. it was cool. Really cool. But yeah, it was very dark. Some of my favorite is honestly in the finale with like the lightning. You know, yeah. the light, every time the lightning would strike, you'd see the walls light up for a second and you could see like the blood and like the totally you agree. Know, little yeah. emblems. And yeah. Yeah, it was a cool shot. That was cool. But yeah, it's nothing too like, now that you're going to walk away and say was like a highlight for the film. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just a beautiful movie. I know. But <laughs> overall impact, what you got? I said that I I think the film remains like a favorite when it comes to that like 2010 era of horror films Mm -hmm. because like you kind of have everything that you wanted at that time like you had the jump scares which weren't as stale as they are now like people really like to get your jump scares back in 2012 and you had like a really eerie antagonist and Mm -hmm. you know all that I don't think you know like people are never going to really say some people do I'm sure but I don't know if it'll like be in the conversation of the greatest horror films ever, but I do yeah. think if you ever bring it up to people who like horror, they'd probably be like, oh yeah, that's a good one. You know, like it's a, it's a good horror film. It's just like really solid. Yeah. It's, it's like good. nothing to, you know, run home to mom about. Yeah. I don't think that's the saying, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, get, I was feeling you know what the I mean? vibes. Yeah. I get uh, it. But it's, it's like, hey, you know? For 2012 though, I mean, it was like... I remember yeah. when it came out, everyone was like, oh my gosh. Well, this sinister. was in the, you know, this was right after Paranormal Activity and Insidious, yeah. and it was kind of riding that wave. Yeah, um, totally. And same producer, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. But. Uh, was Insidious before or after this? Before. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I don't think Insidious was R. Insidious is PG-13. 
Yeah, I think you're right. So this was actually rather they grotesque. tried to make this movie rated PG-13. Really? But then they still got the R rating. I was like, I don't know how you thought you're. I know. Be. I was like, um, <laughs> you're showing people get murdered. Your first scene is a family getting hung. I so, know. And I, showing it. Just see so. them get the rating back. How do you get a rating back? Like, if you send it in, do they send you like an email? Like, your movie's going to be, you know? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. They have. Maybe it's a letter. Yeah. I just imagine them opening an I, email or a letter, like, dang it. I bet it's like an open conversation because they. Yeah. Because they got to be told like, hey, your movie yeah. is an R-rated film because it doesn't abide with these things. And it's like, well, oh, fair we enough. want it to be PG-13, so we're going to do, I don't know. Fair enough. Maybe not. Maybe yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like a. Well, if you were trying to go for a PG-13 rating, this was not. No, it didn't pass the You guys missed report. the mark a little bit. <laughs> no. I did add a note on overall impact, though, because I was like, how was this film received at the time? I forgot. Ooh, you know? Okay, that's interesting. So I uh, found this little thing. Sinister was rated the scariest movie based on heart rate beats per minute. Did you put this in your BTS? I don't remember. Okay, I remember sorry. reading this somewhere. Didn't know if you... But it is like one of the most interesting facts about yes. the film. Yes, heart rate beats per minute in 2020 and held the crown until 2021. Directed by Scott Derrickson and co-written by Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, the film is based on Cargill's real-life nightmare after watching The Ring. But I... Sorry, I didn't know if that seeped into your BTS, but no, I good. liked... I was like wondering wh- how it was perceived from just the general public as far as scariness goes. Yeah. But the heart rate beat per minute yeah. is pretty interesting. Well, they like made them watch several films and then that film Sinister came out as the scariest film of all time according to their research cuz mm. yeah, all their heart rates were spiked. That's crazy. Like, that is really crazy. I wonder if there's like a a report on like what scene. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. I bet it's mm, the, the, the Honestly, it would have to be the lawnmower. Dude, that, my heart was bursting. Yeah, I, like I, I've said it three times already, but that really got me. <laughs> it's like my third time watching it. But yeah, yeah, that scene is just so ugh, jarring, yeah, wild, all right. wild. I all right. hear a little owl, a little <laughs> I was off in the woods. <laughs> I will it's say fact. the fact for us, yes. everybody. Um. This was some of the more interesting trivia I've read in a while. Ooh. So I excited. Buckle up. I excited. <laughs> Me pumped. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Just go. So the Pool Party 66 snuff film in Sinister was extremely difficult to film, according to Robert Cargill. The actors slash actresses who played the doomed family were tied down to lawn chairs and pulled underwater in reality. And the filmmakers had to be extremely careful that nobody was harmed while filming the scene took place. Further complications occurred while filming The Killer Underwater. Nicholas King, who plays Bagul, had to wear weights and stay underwater for several seconds while he was filmed. Since the scene was filmed entirely on Super 8 film, care had to be taken to ensure that the camera was properly rolling and that the cartridge and light meter were working. Otherwise, the scene would have to be reshot numerous times. That was just interesting to me because, like, can you imagine being a stunt double or act, whoever they put on those lawn chairs? Yeah. And actually getting strapped down. And they're like, okay, we're going to pull you your breath underwater. for 12 minutes. It's going to be really dark <laughs> and you're going to get pulled under, but we promise you'll be okay. Dude, I didn't even think about the complexities of shooting all that on Super 8 film. Like, yeah. Because it does look real. Yeah. It's, I can see those that. Are crazy stunts. Even, yeah, like Nicholas King, who plays Bagul, like having to wear weights and stand at the bottom. Like, that's all. Like, I respect it for being practical because everything nowadays, I feel like, is 
you know, yeah. special effects and stuff. But I guess that is, but whatever. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> the family that was hanged on a tree were all played by stuntmen. However, when the scene was first done, the stunt coordinator botched the preparations for the scene, resulting in the actors being legitimately hanged and choked. Fortunately, they survived, mm. and the coordinator was fired soon after, as they should have been. That is freaking crazy. Talking about, yeah, mess ups, that's a bad one. These stuntmen are just going through. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. They've got some scars from this one. Hey, you might die. Yeah. Are you cool with that? It'll look great. It'll super look so real. good. It's going to look super real. <laughs> the people are going to love um, it. There's very little blood, almost no cursing, and no sex in this movie because the filmmakers were hoping for a PG-13 rating. Oh. However, they still got an R based on content alone. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, dang it, we could have had yeah, the we- sex. <laughs> Yeah, we should have just <laughs> thrown it in anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I, again, I, you missed that mark if you were trying to make it PG-13. I don't know in what world. Yeah, like families just getting butchered in different ways. Like you thought that was going to slide. I don't. I don't the, know. The knife scene alone. Yeah, for sure. You're the, showing in the reflection of his glasses, people's throats getting cut yeah, open. like. That's not It's right just there in front of you. Fly. The scenes showing the Super 8 home videos were filmed on a real Super 8 film camera to capture the grainy, nostalgic effect of old movies. Ethan Hawke had never seen the Super Snuff films prior to the date of recording Sinister. When the scene where his character watches the Snuff films was ready to be recorded, the soundtrack was matched up with the film and Hawke played out his role. His reactions to the films were recorded for Sinister and used in the final film. Interesting. So he didn't watch any of them ahead of time. Which, yeah, that would just adds totally creepy. Um, Golly. Bagul was originally intended to look more like the Johnny Depp version of Willy Wonka from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. After going over this idea, it was decided that the deity looked like Willy Wonka would be too silly for the film and not scary or mysterious enough. Finally, a photo was found on Google Images that Cargill bought the rights to, and this was the basis for the final Bagul as seen in the finished film. Mm. So... Yeah, good, good move. Thank God. I mean, I'm sure they would have made it creepy, but like, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Interesting. Also, who got that idea? Were they just watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Like, They're like, this would make a great, hear me out. <laughs> It'd be really a great creepy. demon. Um, in 2020, Forbes magazine conducted a study that we already talked about. So I did put it in here. So thanks, Adam, for ruining my <laughs> finale of my. I'm BTS. so sorry. No. I'm so sorry. It is. It is the most interesting thing I think because. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Out of 35 films, this movie won, having the highest average heart rate at 86, spiking at 131 beats per minute. Thus, it is often deemed the scariest movie ever made. That's so crazy. Which is super wild. I literally didn't even know that until today. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Do you know what beat it in 2021? No. That would be interesting, too. I I can't even remember what came out in 2021. I don't know where my article was saying it got dismantled in 2021 yeah, but all the articles we just looked at it's, it's, still says I, yeah I checked Forbes and it still says it still says sinister huh interesting you know that's it for me mate oh thanks for that fact <laughs> force mate mishap mountain Ooh. I didn't put anything <laughs> this movie is perfect I didn't have a lot of time yeah, Adam was uh, he's been through it today. the the one thing that I did put I I had found a little bit of the hanging incidents, but I figured yeah. you were going to talk about it. I have a few. Okay. Um, that Perfect. I, 
There was one of these that I did notice. The other ones I just read about online. But when Ellison first watches the film of the family being hung, Bagul does not appear in the bushes, but he does later on when Ellison watches it on his computer and prints it out. I did notice that one because I, I think because I was looking for it this time. I was oh, like, yeah, I know he's totally. supposed to be in the bushes. I don't see him there. No, I'm glad you said but, that because I noticed that and I just completely yeah. forgot. Uh, when Ellison first watches the film of the family playing in the backyard, some of the clips are missing the wooden steps nailed to the opposite side of the tree that the little girl climbs down later. Mm. So just some continuity stuff with the hanging scene. Yeah. Ah, this one's just a really dark fact about people hanging. But in the very first scene, after the four bodies are hauled up on the ropes, they kick a while, then seem to die. They are all hanging by the neck, which holds the head erect. After the one on the right dies, its head droops. That clearly shows that the body is on a hanging body rig. The head would never droop while hanging by the neck. Never thought about, but I guess that's fair. That does make sense. Yeah. That's stupid stunt, man. Come on. (laughs) Figure it out. Figure it out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This one pissed me off because I did think about this. Ellison retrieves firewood from outdoors where it is raining and then proceeds to make a perfect (laughs) non-smoky fire. Oh, my gosh. If you guys have ever tried to make fires out of damp wood it is the like top 10 worst things ever it is not busting that's so for sure. when he was able to do that i was like hey wait a minute i can't <laughs> even do that with normal wood hey. <laughs> hey hey oh yeah and then the makeup on the dead children in the attic it's only on their faces and not the rest of their bodies oh so it's just kind of weird that is weird i yeah. didn't catch that that's it for the mishaps that i found well i have like holes in the plot but you know that comes you know we're into the change chamber. Is there anything that doesn't make any sense? Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. So this might have been explained. I'm actually, when I wrote this, I was thinking, I hope Adam explains to me what I missed. Oh no. Because I'm sure there's an explanation. Otherwise, it's just like right in your face. <laughs> but like, apparently they're broke. But then they move away from that house into a new house mm-hmm. that just happens to be a mansion. Yeah. Was there an explanation for like how they bought this massive house all of a sudden? So my assumption, it doesn't say this, but my assumption is they bought that house a while ago because she said it had been 10 years since Kentucky Blood. Oh. So they prob- he probably made a fortune off of Kentucky Blood, right. bought this nice house, and then basically can't afford to, with the other books that he wrote, yeah, he can't afford to stay there and keep writing the books ah. unless he started writing textbooks, which he didn't so do. So he might have started just writing textbooks. So my assumption is he went back to that house to, and started writing textbooks. Like that was his thought process. Was that he checks was just out. Gonna, I, I was like, hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah. This house is like crazy. I actually looked it up because I was just so on this hill. But it's called the Kirby Hill Estate in New York. Wow. At the time oh, wow, this it's movie in New was- York. Yeah. At the time this movie was filmed, it was worth $3.5 million. So I was like... Worth more than their budget for the film. Good grief, yeah. Wow. But you can rent it for wedding venues. Good to so, know. Yeah, if you guys are uh, <laughs> engaged out there, I got a good spot for yeah. you. No horror films were films. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said... This is a small one, but he just like, this always gets me. He just like passes out after he falls down through the ceiling. Yes. The first time. Uh, yeah. And he it, fell through and just, he's out. I, first time I saw it, I was like, did he hit his head or something? Yeah. But you would think. He like, I don't know. It blew my mind because he falls down later again down the stairs. Yeah. The steps. 
but then he's fine. I know. I was it's like selective. What I is? Guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when it like cuts to black out on that scene, I was like, come on. No way. <laughs> he didn't freaking yeah. pass out from that fall. I know. Sake of the plot. Yep. I actually only wrote the house one. So, okay. What I, have you got? I have a few. I have a few. Let's freaking hear them. The police officer is completely disregarding how someone could have snuck into the house and into the attic, right? Whenever mm. he's talking about how right. I heard someone in my attic, he's like, the only way out and in is this door, right? And he's like, well, I don't know what it could be. Not, you know, not snakes. Whatever. That was just, you know. Right. But I was like, they're just disregarding how, because people have gotten into attics before. Right. Yeah. They're, like, I just squatters. felt like kind of like for the sake of plot to me. Yeah. And then while he's in there, while he's in the attic, Ellison, the person could have technically escaped because the door closes and he turns around and it's closed. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. So theoretically, somebody could yeah. have been up there and snuck out. Yeah. Okay. I got you. My next one. Why was the film playing by itself in the middle of the night? Was his daughter watching it or did Bagul just like flip the switch <laughs> <laughs> to, like, it to, on. to like wake him up i know <laughs> you know i was like okay yeah. is this just like supposed to yeah, be right the demon messing with him how did he not see those kids while walking around the house oh my gosh <laughs> that scene literally just irritates me because i agree and i um, have more to say about this me scene. too i thought the exact same thing though because they're like right in front yes. of him he like, walks right by one of on. them and it's in like the broad moonlight yeah you know like what and then my last one, he falls down the ladder and all of the equipment is thrown down while he's screaming and no one else in the entire house wakes up. That's also true. Yeah. I'm they like, just took some Benadryl. Yeah. Or, they're you know, just out. But Ghoul just <laughs> kept their face down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. But yeah. That anyway. Would, uh, yeah. Those you, are some things. I, you raise small valid points. Small stuff. Sir Adam. Thank you, Sir Cam. Is there anything we'd change? Mm. Oh boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which this could be a hot take. I don't know. Some of these probably will. I just think they showed oh, Bagul dude. too much. Dude, we said the same thing. Yeah. I knew we were going to say this. I, I just think it strips away from the intensity a little oh, bit. It if does. it like, because again, I mentioned earlier, there are these layers of tension that are kind of folded over each other throughout the film. It would have been even more impactful if he was like this entity that like there are ancient texts on or like, yeah, he might have like, like maybe the the pool scene still happens. You can like see maybe like a, a the side of his face, and then it cuts or something. I don't know. But then at the end to see him finally, it'd be like so more yeah, so more so much more haunting. <laughs> so I just think they showed him a little too much. Oh, I said they showed him a lot too much. Yeah, I said like they should have showed him ninety percent less. Yeah, like I agree. If he was only shown ten percent of what he was, I completely agree with you. It would have been a much better film. Yeah, he's he's creepy. I think after a while though, he just gets a little. Dude, especially you know? that very last shot, which pisses me off. Oh, yeah. That's so cheesy. Why did you do that? I agree. He, it's, it's panning. Are you talking about? It's where- zooming out from the box at the very end, and his face comes right in front yes. of the camera. Yeah. And it cuts to credits. And it you're feels like, very like cheap ha. horror. Yes, yeah. it was so cheap. He got you. Got you. Yeah, I agree. It was very irritating. This one also might be a hot take. I would not have had makeup on the kids at all. Mm. I think to me, it just looked a little silly. That was one of my problems with that scene with the kids in the house. And I get it. It's 2012. But I think kids can be creepy enough as they are. And I was just picturing them as like, because like I do think the slow-mo can be cool if they were like 
more like shadowy figures like as kids rather than like these like kids covered in this like makeup that yeah i didn't think looked great i think it just would have looked a lot cooler if you just see almost like in the background like a little shadow of like a kid or like the out like a silhouette of like a kid standing in the hallway instead of like this little girl in like a raincoat well they were just know. overall trying too hard with the kids the kids even, were pushed way too much yes and yeah. the kids like trying that creepy face where they're yes. like the heads oh tilted gosh. down and the I eyes are up that. it just felt way too try hard okay i'm glad you agree because i was thinking like they definitely thought they were cooking with the kids like yeah like oh this is gonna you know no the creepiest the two creepiest elements of the whole film are the the super eight yeah. footage that's the best part of the whole film for sure and the whenever you first see bagul yes because you're creeped out by this unknown figure and then yeah. it's shown way too much eventually. the kids just felt very forced like they're like trying to shove it down your throat like yeah these kids are creepy watch i know so my last two notes the first one bagul's face moving in the pictures mm-hmm. i thought it was cheesy and took I away agree. from the wow. eeriness i'm so glad i really <laughs> thought i was gonna have some hot takes here <laughs> i'm so glad you agree and i'm sure back in 2012 i was like man that was cool oh but like like when he looks at it the just looks the computer silly it's like it takes away yeah for sure too much movement Again, it's like no mystery. It's, I don't know. And then my last one was taking out, I think that they should have taken out the entire scene with the kids behind him silhouetted while he's looking at the dog. I, oh my gosh. (laughs) We are like word for word. I said the exact same thing. I hated that. I don't know why. I can't, maybe you have a better way to kind of describe this feeling of annoyance, but like, it, it just wasn't felt scary. so random. It like wasn't they're just scary. standing there and I was like, why? Like that doesn't no. need to be there. And it like scared off the dog and then you're like, that, what was that? It felt yeah, too theatrical I, too. I completely agree. What's funny is I wrote the note, the kids weren't scary at all, focused more on the mysterious <laughs> demonic figure luring them. Yes. Which is literally everything we're saying. Heck yeah. yeah. Look at us. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I would have changed a few things and I think this film could have been even benefited from our direction <laughs> you know yeah just hire us so. yeah come on casting ethan hawk is great yeah the wife i couldn't really like i don't know i, I don't know if you found somebody she's just the argument is the best scene for her yeah she doesn't really she just plays kind of your stereotypical horror mom well and like we already said i had a hard time drawing the line between acting and screenplay and some of the cheesiness but yeah i definitely wouldn't replace ethan hawk but I did have an idea for a new cast Ooh. with Ethan Hawke still. Oh, okay. But the mom, this is so typical of me and us, Vera Farmiga. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, she would have done really well. Of course, yep. she plays that role. She, yeah, <laughs> so she well. always kills that. But I think she would have done great. Um, the yeah, awkward deputy, does. I think that he did really well for being the awkward deputy. Yeah. Deputy. But I think, honestly, like somebody else I could have seen playing that role was like, Somebody like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt or something. Oh, yeah. But he might have taken away from it. No, I, I get that. But still, yeah, Vera would have done probably better. My than really random one, and I don't even know if you're going to be able to picture who I'm talking, because it's so random. But because like the daughter, I just, she didn't sell yeah. anything to me. And she's like kind of a bigger part at the end where she's like going to kill them. But like, mm-hmm. do you remember at all though? I don't know why when I was thinking about this question, the little girl... She's the main girl from Annabelle Creation. She's like blonde. Oh, She's in the wheelchair. Yes. I don't know why. I was like, I feel like she would have, because she would have been younger because that film came out, you know, more recently than yep. Sinister did. But isn't I was like, she I feel in like Haunting she of Hill House? Killed it. Is it the same girl? 
you different about? girl. Okay. Um, she's also in that movie. How do I, she's the one she's like in a wheelchair. I'll have to send you a picture. Yeah. You can picture it. I just, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought she would have played the daughter really well. Okay. And this poor girl, I know she's young and she, you know, child actors are always tough, but, yeah. and then super mainstream, just going to throw this out here. But Tom Holland, he was like 16 and he looks young. Okay. Could have played the brother. I don't know. Would have been interesting because he was in, have you ever seen him in, uh, in the heart of the sea? He's young um, in that. Yes. And then the, what's the tsunami movie? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Dude, he's kind of always killed it. Like, I know it's a very mainstream thing to say now because he's Spider-Man yeah. and very famous. But back in the day, he was younger. Yeah. Could it, you know? Anyways, I just, that's my weird No, I like fiction. that. I like that idea a lot. Least favorite part of the film. We probably both said the same thing. I said how much I saw Bagul. Yeah, I said that and I said the kids. I think forcing yeah. both of those. Totally. Just, it just definitely watered down how yeah. much you're supposed to feel you know the no. impact of these antagonists it's no just, i know yeah i did add a second one potentially having a second film that was a total shot hole mm. yeah <laughs> i just hate like we talked about that with split a lot how yeah. the you know the Ugh. follow-ups were just terrible but yeah. like the follow-up to this it just took away from the first one if in they, my opinion yeah could have right some wrongs you know made it yeah Continued that story a little <sighs> bit, but the second one, I literally don't remember anything. I remember Does how everyone bad it die was. like in the first one? Well, the second one's from the perspective of the children, and it's a completely different story. Oh, okay. But deputies in it. Okay. Yeah. I do remember one death scene. Really? That was pretty good. Okay. I need to. With the rats, and they had to eat their way through the stomachs. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Ugh. It was that thing where you put like a metal yeah, can the, and you heat it up, heat and it up, to like and crawl through. Yeah, I've heard of that. I just didn't know that was in that movie. Bless you, Zero. Adam's dog just sneezed. <laughs> that was so adorable. You good, good buddy? Boy, he's on the couch with me. Oh, he's cuddling Cam. Oh yeah, he's got the Cam cuddles. He's got those Cam cuddles. Title of the film and movie poster. I think Sinister is a good title. It's a great adjective for horror, and yeah. it's you know never been used before. So like. Why not use it? Go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, as always, this could always be applied, though. There's always room for more creativity. You know, you yeah. could have done something else, but what did you think? Yeah, I agree. I think it was very, like, I liked the minimalism, and I remember I remember liking the title whenever it first came out, but yeah. I it, remember it was alongside Insidious, right after Insidious, and uh, yeah. that was huge. So yeah. no, I think it's good. Yeah, I I agree, though. It could have been a little bit more creative. The movie poster, I, I actually really like the movie poster. I do, too. Um, it's, Especially, I mean, for 2012, too, it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's really dark. It's creepy, and it's memorable. Yeah, and it, like, alludes to the ending of the film, which mm-hmm. you don't know until you see the film, but yeah. the way she's, like, walking along, uh, wrong. oh, my gosh, <laughs> along the wall. Yeah, it just looks really cool. Totally agree. Worst name for the film title. <laughs> This is actually really crazy, and it must have been in my subconscious because oh, no. I wrote this down, and I was like, "Oh, it's so good." But then I was like, "Wait, <laughs> is that already a movie?" And it is. Are you serious? I said Boogie Nights, <laughs> and that's actually a film. It's like a disco movie oh, from my the seventies. I was like, "Dad, gum it." That's amazing. Yeah. Hey, still a great title, you know. And then my next one was Ethan Hawke's Cardigans. That's all I got because he wore that man wore like ten. <laughs> oh, that man slid those cardigans. <laughs> he has a lot of cardigans. <laughs> he does. I have three. First one, Bagul's Bushes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a lawn company. Uh, yes. That's um, great. 
which goes right into my next one. One eight hundred mow me down. <laughs> mow me down. <laughs> I think uh, these just get worse and worse every oh, this, week. Dude, We're just the, losing this it. This last one doesn't even make any sense. I was thinking of like Sleeping Beauty and how like Sleepy Time, but I put like Sleeping Begulty. Sleeping Begulty. <laughs> so stupid. I'm sorry. Love that. Nothing, um, you nothing know, worse. Good for us. Hey, you know, we're trying. You guys, you can't stop us. We're, tr- we're trying. We're trying our best here. <laughs> Hot <laughs> takes. The table. Hot takes be coming. Yep. They be coming around the mountain. They be coming. And they're sizzling. And they're sizzling. They're those Applebee fajitas sizzling. <laughs> I actually haven't been to an Applebee. That sounds actually kind of not too bad right now. Don't they have like Half $1 price drinks right now or something? Which yeah, you can't do because, you know. Yeah. Dry know. January. Dry Jan through March from Yeah. Through, oh, shoot. Yeah. Mine's just through mid-February. But wow. Good for us. Hey, you know, we're trying. Hey. We're trying. We're trying. We're just constantly trying. <laughs> We're just always trying really hard. <laughs> Constant state of trying. All um, right. 10 star reviews. Woo. We're starting with our favorite reviews. Yep. 10 star boys. 10 star boys. My first one's kind of short. <laughs> A very good film to watch with your family, especially when someone died at your house. Heart emoji. <laughs> that came from <laughs> Dale. Especially uh, when someone died at your that's house. That's terrible if that's true. I'm so sorry that <laughs> oh my gosh. your family endured that. Because this would be a horrible movie to watch You're in a house like, where you know someone died. Yeah. No. And what if they didn't you. even know the plot? They just like all look I know, at each like, other in the middle of the movie, movie like we shouldn't be watching. Honestly, I'd probably just not watch any horror movies if I knew someone died in my oh house. Oh my gosh, I know. No well, thanks. Yeah, yikes. I said another movie who convinced me not to have children from <laughs> me poo poo. What was the other one? Oh, good night, mommy. We were yes. like, yeah, screw kids. No way. <laughs> no kids ever again. They're just going to murder me. Yeah. That's so. a great point. Classic. My next one is a little longer. Not too bad. Like the summary says, I loved this movie. Lately, I've been watching about two horror movies a week. What can I say? Redbox can have some good ones, and I'm a huge horror fan. Do the math. Redbox. So this review is from 2012. Whoa. This is on IMDb. Redbox, the days. It's just so, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember going to Redbox. I probably got this from and Redbox. if movies were like sold out, I was pissed. I was like, no. There's a McDonald's next to my parents' house and Dude, we go there all the time. The McDonald's, I was going to say, I went to McDonald's too. Yes. They had the Redbox up front. Classic. Uh, this is by far one of the best I've ever seen. It's scary and terrifying, but doesn't have a lot of gore. The score, the directing, the acting, the lighting were all done in a way that fits so perfectly together. I watched it with the director's commentary after seeing it all the way through, and it was great to hear how the stunts were done, how the lighting was achieved, etc. If you're a fan of horror, this is a must-watch movie. That comes from Anon Court 327. Hmm. So. Not bad. He liked it. Yeah. For a lot of reasons we did too. And he mentioned Redbox, so I was like, you're coming home with me. Hey, yeah. That's the one I'm using. Let's take you home. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's take you to Redbox. Yep. And take you home. Don't they still have Redbox? Yeah. Like yeah. There's one at the Walgreens near my house okay. and in some Walmarts. That's so weird. Any, any place that starts with wall. Yeah. <laughs> with the wall. <laughs> one stars. One stars. Okay. Mine is from Bye Bye Orion who said, I kept hearing that this movie was one of the scariest movies ever. It was pretty excited and not only was the movie not scary, it was straight up just bad. Terrible dialogue, a ridiculous story, characters I don't care about. Jump scares and an end you figure out in the first five minutes. The only thing good about this movie are the tapes and the sound design. I oh. thought that was interesting because, I mean, I definitely don't think it's one of the scariest movies ever, so I agree. Yeah. But then 
yeah, the tapes and the sound design being the highlights. I was like, mm. I agree with that too. So yeah. I don't think it's a one star, obviously, because it's on this podcast, but he made some good points. Yeah. Well, even the tapes and the sound design alone deserve more yeah, than one star. For sure. Um, He's just being a negative Nancy. Wow, negative Nancy. Um, this is from Ilhan on Letterboxd. This movie ruined my life for like six and a half months. Wow. So you Poor soul. <laughs> you know what's interesting is this is the first horror film that I've seen negative reviews on considering how scary it was for them. What? Yes. That's really interesting. Yes. Like I saw a lot of one stars or half stars saying, you know, this messed me up or this was way too scary or blah, blah, blah. Wow. And you see comments like that today for films that are actually, which you could have said this in 2012, but like films now that I've heard of that I won't touch because people are like, it like messed me up. Yeah. So it's funny that people in 2012 said Sinister was that movie for them. I know. Very interesting. It makes me like want to like make my wife watch it and see if she actually, you know. Yeah. Because I don't think it's like, I mean, it's creepy for sure. But Yeah, I'd like, like to be with somebody watching it for like the first, first yeah, time. Yeah, someone well, maybe who's not as horror. You know what's funny is I had Ben and Kelsey watch this for the first time last year. Oh, that's right. What did yeah. they think? They liked it, but it. Yeah. I think I talked it up too much because it was also the first time I'd watched it in like five Since you rewatched years. it. Yeah. I get and I was that. like, okay. It wasn't Man, as, that's always the worst. I know. When you're like so excited about a movie and then you're watching it back for the first time in a while and you're like, ah, oh, man. It's like we had, <laughs> when is, we had Ben and Anson watch Split with us. Oh, the my first gosh. scene was like, cheesy. yeah, this podcast is actually a culmination of that exact thought because <laughs> I've. Yeah, there are several movies where I haven't seen them in years and we're like, I know, but they're already on our list. I know. Your next one. My next one comes from Andre94330. It's so slow and boring. Even skipping 10 seconds wise is still annoying because he's just wandering around in the dark with his baseball bat. Maybe a horror movie for a girl's pajama party. But if you really like horror movies, just skip that one and don't waste your time. I know you need a dark mood to build up the tension but all the time you just want to shout. Okay. So that's, you know, not the most grammatical. You know, you know it's you okay. threw in a little massage, <laughs> but you know, he's making a point. Um, um, I do agree. There were a couple times where the lights were a bit like early on. They're having dinner at the house. All the lights in the house are off except for the, like the little light over the dining room table, which it looks like, creepier but like not super real like what family just sits in a dark house eating dinner yes. so i also i kind of agreed with that sometimes where i was like um, it was a little too forced there's a little a lot of dark rooms here yeah it works i think really well with the found footage but there yeah are other times where i was like okay let's get some lights on in this house i know but i totally agree with that i never even thought of that actually okay i have two i'll go through them quickly this one's from Audie's kind of cool so, so bad. Acting was so bad, and the plot and writing were not good. Sorry to the little girl actor, but she sucked. Ooh. Okay. They came for her. Yep. My next one. This one's from Kissy L. Diabolical. Only thing amusing was the tape names that gay boy Boogie Johnson at the end. Gay boy? What? <laughs> what on earth? And he said, me and him can make a tape, though. <laughs> People are... Wow. The gay boy Boogie Johnson. Love that. A uh, bunch of haters out here. I was like, who Good comes up with this? I don't we know. We got some colorful reviews today. Very colorful. Wow. All right. Well, do we have any hot takes about the film? 
Okay, well, mine's kind of ruined because we already talked about this. Oh, Both of them, actually. No, it's (laughs) they just, like, happen so naturally. But I just said, when you look up Sinister or, like, scenes from Sinister, one of the most popular scenes is when he's on the monitor or the laptop and he turns when he's not looking, like he's on the phone with somebody else. Mm -hmm. I just said that I think it's just a little silly. I would have cut it out. Can't really explain it. It just kind of makes it feel cheap. Same with the kids in the yard being behind him when he's looking at the dog. Another scene I saw people, you know. Yep. I just, I don't like either of those things. So mine, I guess, aren't as hot because you agreed, but that's what I had. Yep, I totally agree. Spice levels were moderate for me. Moderate spice levels. I can't talk. So you (laughs) know what I'm trying to say. Spuzzles. (laughs) Spuzzles. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) So I said the stakes were there, but I don't think you really care for Ellison as a character very much, considering how money and fame hungry he is and how he's putting that before his family. Yeah. So if the audience actually cared about him, I think the stakes would have been much higher. Yeah, totally. So I would have just, that's more of a, I guess, a change, but I just thought he, you just don't like him. Yeah. Which is always, I think something that we need to remember is like so important with horror is like, you do need to care a character that you care about. Yes. Because then it raises the stakes. That's you one don't of like, them to die. the best things. First thing that comes to my mind about Midsommar, Midsummer, however you want to say it. Yes. But Florence Pugh. Oh. You really care for her character. You have and so much like adds, sympathy for yeah, her. Yeah, it like raises the stakes so much more because you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to like She's her? just going through it. Because yeah. I really care about that character. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. My next one, the scene, this goes hand in hand with what you were saying. The scene with all the kids running around while he's walking around in the house is not scary at all yeah. and quite frankly, somewhat humorous. And this was a big scene that people yeah. thought was really scary. For sure. And I would actually cut the entire sequence. Yeah. And I think it'd be a better film. I just don't think it looks good. No. And I couldn't take it seriously. And it from the get-go, like when he like is turned and then she, it's the Jumps first. Jumps up on the table. Yeah. And I'm it's like, like a, supposed to be a yeah (laughs) jump scare so weird and random my next one dude that ending is so stupid not even the ending ending but him popping his head for the final jump scare yeah terrible pissed me off terrible call it's such a bad call yeah and then my last hot take okay all of this said i still think this is one of the best the house is haunted films made and you know Obviously, it's not going to be in the top. It's not in our top 10 ha- right, right, horror right. films of all time. But as far as like horror films that are around the, the house is haunted concept, yeah. I think it is a unique enough spin in the acting and the music and the Super 8 footage is good yeah. enough for it to, to it's compete. For sure, in the conversations. Yeah. I would say. Totally. Have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with? Honestly, people saying this is the scariest movie of all time. That's what I, I just, said too. Really? Yeah. I think. That as a whole, which is kind of like, I know a lot of people say that, which does kind of make it more of a hot take, I guess, because so many people, well, it's not as hot if a bunch of people are saying it, but I guess, I don't know what I'm even Also, it's to not, say. in my head, it's not entirely fair to base scariest movie off of heart rate because yeah. you're, then you're introducing that, the, the idea that horror movies need to have jump scares. Yeah. And I don't think that that's true. Yeah. I mean, there are so many other films that obviously we have above this that don't have the same heart rate monitor, right. but I think are scarier. Yeah, for sure. Well, I was going to say what's interesting too, if I, let's take ourselves back to 2012, there are even movies before this movie that I would say are scarier 
than Sinister. So like mm-hmm. I was going to say, it could be a cop out to say, well, I don't think it's the scariest movie ever made because it's been like 12 years since it came out because a lot of scary movies have come out in the last 12 years. Yeah. But even before 2012, I think there were plenty of movies I would say are scarier than this one. So I just, I think it's a hot take to say it's the scariest yeah. for 2012. Well, and there's always going to be a debate about what the scariest movie is. Oh, always. And I, I've seen between this one and The Exorcist 1973. Yeah. yeah. Um, being, That's one of the first that comes to my head in terms of like older, yeah. like just really creepy movies. I know. But so that... I also said people seeing this is the worst horror movie they've ever they've ever seen. Yeah, not I think again, it just falls nicely in the middle. That's where you can stamp, see more movies. Yeah, on their see forehead. more movies. Like, go see hashtag some. get out from under get your rock. There. My last one was somebody said the music was god awful. Really? Yeah, I saw that in a review. Couldn't d- disagree more. You know, yeah, that's like one of the highlights. It's one of the, the best things film. in the whole film. So, oh my and gosh. it won it just, a Fright Meter Award. So, suck on that. <laughs> it probably just scared them, and they were like, "The, the music sucked. <laughs> the music was terrible. It was terrible." As they're crying, as I'm cuddling Andrew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Couldn't sleep. <laughs> what is the hottest of all hot takes? Well, I personally see the music honestly being god awful. <laughs> I've never heard that. I originally said being scariest. Yeah, that's stick with that. But definitely up there. Honestly, the music is probably because that's so wrong. It makes the film a lot of what it is. Yeah. Do we agree with IMDb rating of six point eight? I go back and forth. It's hard. Yeah. This one was a little harder because there's certain so. elements that are so great and certain yeah. elements. That I just it's a hate. roller coaster for sure. <laughs> I I think I can be good with 6.8 i think somewhere in that range of like 6.5 and up capping at like probably 6.8 somewhere in that range yeah i could see anywhere in there because like you said there's pros and there are cons yeah but i think if you hadn't seen bagul as much yeah and the kids were much lessened that i was like i think it it would have deserved like a 7.2 yeah but with those elements, it For brings sure. it down literally like at least 0.4. Totally. Yeah. So. And that last jump scare. And oh, <laughs> that dude, alone, that alone drops it like five points. <laughs> so bad. It would have been a 12, but. I forgot it. that happened too until it happens two nights ago when we watched it. Well, it happens like, twice in the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the attic, right? Yes. And then, yeah. Which, it might be the exact same shot, just, you know. Probably. <laughs> overlaid into two different so parts. So annoying. Yeah. Really dumb. Oh, that's enough for the hot takes, though. That was fun. That was a good time. Good times in hot takes only. A sunburn coming. I, I'm little burnt. Little burnt. The, burnt ends. <laughs> what's it called? I forget <laughs> this. Forget me. Oh, pork rinds. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like pork rinds. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean. <laughs> okay, chill factor. Chill factor. We cool off. <laughs> um, for me, it's really hard for me to pick. Yeah. Because I would say I have two, but I'm just going to, I'll stick with one and I'll just say, I think the found footage looks so creepy. Like because it's shot on super eight film, it just looks really vintage. It feels really creepy. It's just very uncomfortable. I think it's what makes the movie super memorable. I agree. It's the best part of the whole film. And even like knowing it in the behind the scenes too it's yeah. like they were practical so yeah. i said an honorable mention was the music yeah that was it, my second. it adds you know i was back and forth but do we recommend this film final recommendations yeah i'd recommend this one to yeah. anybody who's down for horror i mean i wouldn't recommend this to like i know i keep 
throwing her out there, my wife, I would never tell her to watch this movie because yeah. she doesn't like horror films. But if you like horror films, give it a shot. No, I agree. I said, uh, watch the film. It's, it, I think it's a good like October slash spooky season. Totally. It'd be like a perfect time to watch this with your friends. But don't take it too seriously. It's nowhere near perfect. It's yeah. a fun, spooky film to watch with others. Totes. Totes. Right, that's my second time. I need a totes jar. Totes. I never say totes. I've said it twice on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You owe um, me $100. <laughs> for every totes. $50 per totes. Oh, oh yeah. Good, good math, Cam. Wow. Quick math. Do we want... Wait, what was... Where can I watch this? Oh, I forgot about that part. No, you're good. I didn't add it. I actually think that you're going to have to rent it on Prime Video, Apple TV, or YouTube. Yeah. But that is all. Well, that's all we got. Boom. We're done. That wraps Boom, up. Boom, baby. Chamber chills. Baby girl. <laughs> Boom, baby girl. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us as we discuss the 2020 horror film Sinister. We hope you enjoyed our analysis. And as always, we want to express our gratitude for your continued support. I do have a riddle for next week's Ooh. episode if we're uh, feeling sleuthy. <laughs> I'm ready to dive into the next, okay. next riddle. In the realm where shadows play, a home becomes a spectral stage. Cameras roll, unseen forces at bay, whispers in the night, fears engage. What film unfolds this eerie quest where the ordinary faces the paranormal test? <laughs> yes, it is Paranorman. <laughs> Paranorman! <laughs> I've actually never seen that movie. Stay tuned for our next venture into the unknown where things go bump in the night and uh, ordinary homes become arenas for the extraordinary. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And of course, you can follow us on social media at The Chamber of Chills. I just hit my chin on the mic. <laughs> They're just going to hear Dang it. it People wreck. Too close to my mouth. <laughs> uh, follow us on social media at The Chamber of Chills. And remember, I almost did it again. And remember to send in your hot takes for our Hot Takes Hallway episode where your questions or comments can be featured for the world to hear. Yes. We just hit 6 billion streams. Yeah. So if you want to get a platform, this is where you'll do it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> you want to be heard by the rest you, of the world. You wanna, <laughs> right. <laughs> Stay away from those home movies in the attic. We'll catch you next time on the Chamber of Chills. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read.